It's Friday, July 15th, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. The S&P 500 recorded a fifth consecutive down day as earnings reports from financial giants spotlighted concerns about the economic outlook. Stocks fell sharply after Thursday's open, then gradually recovered. The S&P 500 lost 11 points, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 142 points. The blue-chip index also notched a five-day losing streak. The technology-heavy Nasdaq Composite Index inched up three points, while major benchmarks fell Wednesday after data showed inflation at a four-decade high. The second quarter earnings season ramped up Thursday with reports from J.P. Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley. More results from the country's top financial institutions are slated for today and Monday. With fears of a potential recession looming, investors are looking to what bank executives say about the state of the economy as much as their institution's balance sheets. The producer price index, which generally reflects supply conditions in the economy, increased to 11.3% last month from the year prior, according to the Labor Department. Around the world, a Russian missile strike on a city in central Ukraine killed at least 23 people Thursday, as Moscow continued to push a ground invasion that in recent days has appeared to lose momentum. Three rockets hit a business center and residential buildings, local officials said. Footage of the city after the strike showed burning cars and injured or dead civilians. At least 90 people sought medical attention. The strike on Venezia, far from the front lines, comes as Moscow appears to be doubling down on long-range missile attacks and airstrikes. Russia also launched nine missiles into the center of the southern city of Mykolaiv on Thursday, damaging a transport facility and a hotel. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky called the strike an audacious act of Russian terror as he addressed a war crimes conference in The Hague, the Netherlands. Russia's invasion has morphed into a protracted war of attrition concentrated in the eastern Donbas region. The Ukrainian side has sought to disrupt Russian logistics with pinpoint strikes behind the front line using modern long-range artillery provided by its western allies. Back in the U.S., the House voted 329 to 101 to pass a massive annual defense policy bill Thursday that would boost America's total national security budget for fiscal year 2023 to $850.3 billion, tens of billions of dollars more than President Biden requested. House lawmakers cited high inflation, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and threats posed by China to justify adding $37 billion to the $813 billion budget proposed by Mr. Biden. The Bipartisan National Defense Authorization Act would give troops a 4.6% pay raise and provide a minimum 2.4% inflation bonus for military and civilian personnel who earn less than $45,000 a year. The bill would also codify a $15 minimum wage for workers on federal service and construction contracts. In other news, President Biden warned that the U.S. would not wait forever for Iran to agree to revive the 2015 nuclear deal. Iran has emerged as a central theme of Mr. Biden's ongoing trip to the Middle East as a result of rising concern over Tehran's scaling up of its nuclear work, including producing uranium enriched to near-weapons-grade material. We will not, let me say it again, we will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon, Mr. Biden said Thursday during a news conference, alongside Yair Lapid, Israel's caretaker prime minister, on the second day of a four-day trip to the Middle East. Mr. Lapid has called on the U.S. to more aggressively threaten Tehran with a military response. 
Mr. Biden said he remains committed to diplomacy with Iran and said he would use force as a last resort to prevent Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon. And Congress gave its ultimate final salute Thursday to Herschel Woody Williams, the last remaining Medal of Honor recipient from World War II. Seventy-seven years after his wartime heroism, Williams, who died last month at age 98, lay in honor in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda, a tribute reserved for the nation's most distinguished private citizens. During the Battle of Iwo Jima, Williams, who was just 21 years old, moved ahead of his unit and eliminated a series of Japanese machine gun positions. Later that year, President Harry Truman awarded him the Medal of Honor. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. These headlines were brought to you today by Podmeo. Start your podcast easily at podmeo.com, the world's number one podcast hosting. Subscribe to this daily morning brief on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.